Behind the Scenes 34. Transmitters? We don't need no stinking transmitters. This is Behind the Scenes, an inside look at what it takes to put together a podcast and make it work. Check it out. Hey, this is Craig Patchett, and this is Behind the Scenes number 34. And this is actually the second anniversary of Behind the Scenes. The first edition of the show went out on November 16th, 2004. And in the 24 months since then, there have been an amazing 34 editions of the show. So, okay, so it's not the most... Uh, prolific show. It's not the most consistent show in terms of its schedule, but hopefully over the last two years, it's at least been uh, an informative show and provided you with what you've needed to uh, get your show off the ground or make it better if you've already had a show going. And uh, I know that based on some feedback that I've received from some of you that it certainly helped at least one or two people out there. And it's not over. I have more shows planned and lots more stuff to talk about. And as always, am more than willing to incorporate your feedback and things that you would like to have discussed on the show in the show. So uh, feel free to get in touch with me. I'll have contact info at the end of the show. And uh, if you're near a phone right now and you want to call 815-301-8600. So back to the show. I'm going to start out with an excerpt from the very first behind the scenes, which was a review of the original Griffin iTalk and was actually recorded directly into the iPod. So if you remember the original Griffin iTalk, you'll recall that the iPod at that point was crippled in terms of the quality that it could record. And so the quality of this particular show is a direct result of that limitation. So without any further ado, here's an excerpt from Behind the Scenes, number one. If you've been listening to podcasts over the last several months, then I'm sure you've heard plenty of people describe the ways that they are recording their podcasts. And the one thing that almost all of them, well, all of the ones I've heard have in common is that regardless of of the microphone type that they're using, be it a handheld, be it a built-in, be it a headset, uh, it's all going into a laptop computer or a desktop computer. So I figured if we're going to do a true podcast, why not record it directly onto the iPod? And that's what I'm doing for this podcast. Okay, so that was what the first behind-the-scenes sounded like. And uh, we've covered a lot of material in the last two years. And if you haven't had an opportunity to go back and listen to some of the older shows, I would uh, strongly recommend that you do so. And you can find them at btscast.com and go back into the archives. And hopefully at some point in the near future, I'll make those easier to find. But for now, you can just go back and kind of browse backwards through the calendar in the archive. In tonight's show, what I wanted to do is to talk a little bit about what's happened over the past two years since Behind the Scenes has been around in podcasting. How has podcasting changed and evolved for the better, for the worse? Uh, You know, where is it now? Where should it have been? Or at least where were people hoping it would be? And just talk a little bit about this, uh, this journey that we've been on 
for the past two years. Behind the Scenes launched, as I said, November 16th, 2004. At that stage, podcasting had been around for several months, but there were already about 500 shows available. Now, that's obviously a far cry from the 50,000 or so that are available today. But given the fact that it was still in its infancy, it was already indicative of the exponential growth that podcasting has experienced over the entire past two years and certainly indicated that this was something that people had been waiting for and was something that was going to make a mark on the world one way or another. And that's what people tapped into fairly quickly. When you explain podcasting to people back then, and you know it was something that nobody had heard of for the most part, there was a point at which a light went on. And I'm sure people, you know, if you uh, find someone who hasn't heard of podcasting today and, and explain it to them, the same thing happens. And that is that, you know, they suddenly realize, uh, you know, first of all, they realize, okay, well, that sounds kind of interesting. And, and, you know, if there's all that content available, then I should look into it. But then they realize that they have the capability of creating content for themselves. And that is when the light goes on because all of us have, I have yet to meet somebody who doesn't have something that they could create a podcast about. And the fact that they're able to create a podcast, whether or not they end up doing it, but the fact that they're able to, uh, and the fact that they connect that with this passion that they have is just a, a moment that I really enjoy watching because you can see that suddenly they realize that they have this power, this power to go out and share their passion with the world. And even if it's something that they don't end up following up on, just the fact that that they have that ability and they could do so at any point in time, I think is is one of the reasons, if not the major reason, why podcasting has experienced the growth that it has. So that's how things were back in late 2004. And it was a much smaller community, obviously. Uh, Podcast Alley was just getting started. And actually, I think I was one of the first 10 or first 20 people to sign up for Podcast Alley. And people, actually, even Podcast Alley was a lot, a lot different because people were there to find information because information was scarce. Uh, there wasn't a lot available. There were no books, certainly. And at that point in time, there was limited information available uh, on the web. So you had to find other podcasters and and get information from them in order to be able to learn how to do all of this. And Podcast Alley was one of the, the main places to chat with other podcasters and get the information that you needed. So the sense of community was a lot stronger uh, than it is today because, again, it was just, you you know, you knew pretty much everybody or, you know, you had heard of their shows or or heard of them. And uh, it was, that sense of community is still around today. You see it at the Podcast Expo, but I don't see it as much on the boards, uh, maybe more so at Podcast Pickle at this point in time than at Podcast Alley, but uh, again, it's it's I think just the the sheer number of people and the fact that a lot more people who come into it at this point in time, their motivations are different uh, than just uh, hey this is pretty cool you know let's have fun with it. In any case, one of the things that I wanted to talk about uh, was this this sense of 
creating something, uh, the homegrown aspect of the community that was there in 2004 has changed somewhat to a more commercially produced uh, environment now. And that's both good and bad. It's good for production because a lot more tools are available. There's obviously a lot more books available and equipment and so forth. And I think that that's partially come in because people are producing commercially and obviously just for the sheer numbers. But it's also bad for content. It means that instead of the original creative material that we saw back at you know at the beginning, now it's just more a clone of existing material that you can find on any other media. And now it's there in a podcast. So it's just the same stuff in with a different delivery mechanism. And it's not that there aren't still shows there that have that creative original content. It's just harder to find them. Now, on the other side, having the commercial shows come in, you could argue that it's been good because they've drawn more audience, uh, more listeners in with them. Uh, but, you know, again, the danger is that those listeners don't ever expand out beyond the shows that brought them in. And obviously with 50,000 or 60,000 or however many podcasts there are at the moment, it's a lot harder to sift through them to find the material that is original and is good. So sort of a plus and a minus there. Now, also, another problem has been that when podcasting originated, there was a lot of talk about how this was going to be a new way of doing things, that it was going to move beyond the cookie-cutter mentality that had uh, overtaken radio and was squeezing the, the originality out of radio and out of television. And, you know, how advertising was going to be this this whole new way of advertising if we had advertising and and uh, all these great, great ideas that, you know, are still great ideas. But unfortunately, you know, what I've seen happen over the last two years is that as advertising has moved into podcasting, it's the same old advertising that we've seen and heard on uh, on traditional media. You know, all the talk at back in uh, late 2004, early 2005, about how advertising would be integrated into the show, that it would be something that was a part of the show rather than an addition onto it uh, in a way that was had integrity and creativity. I just don't see that, and I think that's a tremendous loss. And not only is it a compromise, but it also, I think, makes it harder to go out and sell podcasting to advertisers because you no longer have the ability to approach advertisers and say, look, we're offering you something different. Now we're just offering something that is the same, but again, in a different delivery mechanism. And that gets me started on advertising because one of the biggest criticisms also that I have about podcasting advertising, aside from the fact that we're not taking advantage of ways that it could be better integrated into the shows is that we're also approaching advertisers in a way that doesn't present podcasts as the unique advertising vehicles that they are. A podcast reaches out to a very targeted niche and it does so in a way that regular media doesn't. So if you go to an advertiser and you say, well, you know, I, we've got 10,000 listeners or 1,000 listeners or whatever it may be, 
and our cost for advertising is X dollars CPM, cost per thousand, then the problem is, is that the moment you say that, you're now coming in on the same terms that traditional media does. And in traditional media, let's say that you've got a CPM for a set CPM rate for a a magazine or for radio. Well, you may be delivering, uh, say, 100,000 listeners for that CPM. However, out of that 100,000 listeners, maybe, say, 10% is actually going to hear and pay attention to the ad. And out of that 10,000 people, maybe 10% of those are actually targeted audience for the advertiser. So now you're down to 1,000 people, which is the same listenership you have. However, if you're charging a $25 CPM for 100,000 radio listeners, and out of those 100,000 radio listeners, only 1,000 are actually going to be interested in the ad, then that means that you should be charging a hundred times what you're char- you know what the radio is charging on a CPM basis because you're delivering those targeted listeners rather than having them throw darts at a dartboard uh, and hoping to hit the target. So, and you know, obviously these numbers I'm just throwing out to make the math easy. It's maybe not be ten percent, but the point is, is that I think that podcasters have sold themselves short in terms of the way that they've approached advertisers and that the um, sponsorship deals that are out there and the kind of money that's being made is a fraction of what it should be. And I don't know whether the damage has been done already to the point where coming back and, and raising rates to where they should be is going to be something that's that's easy or even doable. So that kind of goes hand in hand with with another thing that I wanted to comment on, and that is that two years ago, there were all these dreams being thrown about in terms of how podcasting was going to be a way to quit your day job. And, you know, the reality, I think, of that has has now reached people where, you know, here we are two years later, with however many thousands, tens of thousands of podcasters are out there, a very, very, very small fraction of which are able to sustain themselves based on the income from podcasting. And, you know, that most of those are not sustaining themselves from their podcasts themselves, but are sustaining themselves from podcasting services. And that's a shame because I think that if things had been approached differently from a more a better thought out perspective that that might be, you know, we might be looking at a different, uh, a different scenario. And I, and I could be wrong, but just based on, on someone who's been in worked for traditional media in the past, I, I just see a lot of mistakes having been made along those lines. Another big problem is that we are still stuck as podcasters with a relatively limited audience. Now that audience has been expanded because of iTunes and because of the general awareness uh, in the public of what podcasting is, but at the same time, it hasn't grown as much as it could have because podcasters have perfected the ability to market themselves to other podcasters, but for the most part, have not perfected the ability to go and expand beyond that base to draw listeners in from the outside world. And I think that that is one of the biggest problems in podcasting right now is that we 
are not targeting a wider audience. If there really are 60,000 podcasts out there and 60,000 podcasters, then a small donation from each of us would enable advertisements and other promotional materials to be put out there and distributed to increase awareness of podcasting and in general, and therefore start to build up a stronger audience. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's another aspect where I think we've fallen short in the past two years over what we, we could have done. Now, one thing I mentioned before in terms of the way things were two years ago is that there weren't a lot of tools available. There weren't, wasn't a lot of information available. And obviously that's changed. There are at least, I believe, a dozen podcasting books out there right now, or if not, then close to that. There is a ton of information available on the web. There are microphones specifically designed for podcasting. There is software specifically designed for podcasting, uh, hosting services. I mean, you name it. The, the, the ability to go out and create a podcast now is easier than it ever has been. And each aspect of the, uh, the process has been made simple. So the access to podcasting that was already fairly simple back in 2004 is even easier now. And I think that that's part of the reason why we've continued to see the exponential growth that I mentioned in terms of the number of podcasts available. And I think that for the most part, that pretty much sums up the most important points that I wanted to cover in this edition of the show. If you have thoughts or experiences regarding the last two years, or even the last year of podcasting that you think are important that you'd like to hear mentioned on the show, or if you'd like to mention it yourself, then please feel free to get in touch with me. As always, my email address is craig at godcast.org. That's G-O-D-C-A-S-T dot org. You can reach the show's homepage at btscast.com. And you can leave a voicemail at 815-301-8600. And I'm recording this evening's show with a Zoom H4 field recorder. And I wanted to test out the Zoom's ability to handle an external phantom-powered mic. So I, in the interest of complete overkill, have a Studio Projects LSD2 stereo condenser mic plugged in uh, this is a $500 mic that if you are looking for a stereo condenser is an outstanding mic, but it's certainly overkill for this particular application and the mic is actually bigger than the H4. But in any case, the H4 handles it extremely well as you can hear by the quality of the recording. So that wraps it up for me. Thanks again for subscribing to Behind the Scenes. Whether you're a new listener or have been around since the beginning, I really appreciate your interest in the show. Stay subscribed. There's lots more coming up. And uh, until next time, this is Craig Patchett. God bless. This has been a handcrafted podcast production.